Director Guy Ritchie's new film, The Gentleman, is stuffed to bursting with A-list stars, snarky British dialogue, and slick storytelling that feels very much wink-wink, nudge-nudge. Despite the -the over-the-top style in, well, everything, The Gentleman managed to steal our attention. Mm, I see what you did there. (laughs) She's Tuesday. I'm Kaylee. Secure your valuables. This is Whiskey and Popcorn. has quite a bit of films under his belt. 21 director credits, 8 production credits, uh, 14 writer credits. Yeah, he's put his hand on quite a few recognizable movies. That includes Aladdin, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, The Man from Uncle, Sherlock Holmes, Rock Rolla, and so much more. Many of our fellow critics are not always a fan of Richie's work, but I personally loved The Man from Uncle, which so many critics ripped apart. And The Gentleman has a similar slick feel about it. Everything is smart, shiny, and clever. Maybe too clever. Well, Richie is hit or miss for me. But, I mean, before we dive in, let's check out a snippet of the trailer. I want you to play a game with me, Ray. I don't want to play a game. Oh, please. No. I said play a game with me, Ray. Right. Lovely. I want you to imagine a character. Your boss, Mickey Pearson. You're too smart to be blackmailing us, Fletcher. (laughs) Sweet Mary Jane is my vice. Your poison, on the other hand, is and always has been the destroyer of worlds. You're out of touch, and I would like you to consider an offer. I am not for sale. The plot begins to thicken. Now, I can't be specific about the heroes and zeros, but our protagonist is a hungry animal. There is a lot of money hanging in the balance. Our antagonist explodes on the scene like a millennial firework and has indirectly started a war. I think you need to see this, boss. That's the one of my firearms. How do they find it? I'm making inquiries. His name is Fahok. It was spelled with a PH, so it sounds like Fahok. Please! Sorry, Fahok. Kanda Fahok. Please! As you could hear, a lot is going on in this film, and we're going to try and break it down for you with as few spoilers as possible, but a few might slip in, so now is a good time to hit that pause button if you plan on seeing the movie and don't want any of the surprises ruined. Okay, we have a lot of characters. We begin with Hugh Grant as a money-hungry paparazzi type of journalist named Fletcher. And he's found out a way to blackmail the UK's biggest marijuana supplier. And that supplier is Mickey Pearson, played by Matthew McConaughey. A very smart American boy who got accepted into a fancy college in the UK. Mickey discovers that there's more money to be made by selling the Mary Jane than by doing honest work. Now, Fletcher meets up with Mickey's right-hand man, Ray, played by Charlie Hunnam. It's probably more accurate to say he broke into Fletcher's home. 
He helps himself to raise ultra-expensive whiskey and steaks while he starts laying out this juicy story he's stumbled upon. Mickey is looking to sell his marijuana farms. There is a prospective buyer, but the rest of the underworld gets wind of the news. And a member of the Chinese gang in the UK decides to make an offer. That man is called Dry Eye, a.k.a. Henry Golding, a.k.a. the hubby and crazy rich Asians. Forget the suave manners. Dry Eye is rich but nasty. And he's one greedy SOB. <laughs> and a quick side note here. Henry Golding looked like he was having so much fun with this Dry Eye character. Like he was totally having it up. Okay. Back to the plot. Mickey does not take kindly to Dry Eye making an offer without giving proper respect. And here on out, things get really complicated, messy, and spoilery. So suffice to say, Guy Ritchie deploys a vast array of crime mystery tricks to keep you guessing on who's after who, who's ahead of whom, yada, 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 and so on. Are we done? I think we summed it up fairly well. It's super complicated. No, it totally is. And between the accents and the backstabbings, this is a movie I feel like you need to watch twice to really catch on on what's going on. Mm -hmm. Now, like I said, Richie is hit or miss for me. To me, he makes a man's man movie. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, shoot him up, whodunit, male-dominated films. And this was very much his kind of film. He's not everyone's favorite, but for this one, I did like it. Yeah, he's he's got this very sort of glamorous feel to his storytelling. They're always like these big production value type of stories. Lots going on. He's like, look at my shiny things. Look at what I can do. And, you know, for this particular story, that worked really well for me. I enjoyed it because I never knew what was going on or where we were going. I mean, right off the bat, when we meet with Fletcher and Ray, I didn't really realize that they are not exactly our main characters. And then it took me a moment to figure out that as Fletcher was telling the story and we're seeing it, it was all Fletcher's point of view. This is what he's dug up. Now, is that the truth? We don't know um, until the very end. And so that made it like a really fun puzzle to watch. And again, complicated you have to handle these types of stories just so in order to keep the audience going and hooked. And I think the the jokes, the pretty cars, the pretty costuming, and the pretty sets were enough to keep me entertained and wondering what was going to happen. But also just how much fun the actors were having. That's always a huge thing for me in movies. If the actors look like they're enjoying themselves, it just really pulls everything together. Yeah, Guy Ritchie's films aren't necessarily long-winded, but it sure is how much could we possibly pack into two hours. Yeah. And it's it's not a, a time that you can go up and go to the bathroom or you're going to miss, you know, half of the film. But it it's very packed-filled, but there's also just enough character development and just enough action with just enough underlying plot that... And, you know, it's it's hard for movie watchers like you and I, Kaylee, and a lot of our listenership out there to really keep us guessing. Yeah. You know, I can't tell you how many times in the first 10 minutes, you know, Kaylee or I have been, oh, well, that chick's definitely going to die. You know, like <laughs> a lot of things are really predictable. And I can at least say I had no idea who was ahead in the game, who was backstabbing who. Um, and that, that does take some talent. You know, another thing that I 
enjoyed about this movie is everybody is a bad guy. There's no real good guy. I mean, Matthew McConaughey and his marijuana empire, like he's selling drugs. Now he makes a point that his drugs don't kill anybody. But I mean, come on, you're breaking the law. And then the the Chinese gang, they're dealing in all sorts of things, all the sins. And it's just, it's so fascinating to see kind of this interplay with all these bad guys. They all like to think they're gentlemen, but they're all a bunch of terrible people, quite honestly. Even the journalist, even Fletcher, is terrible because he's trying to blackmail Mickey. But if anything, it's more realistic of what the drug world probably is. There's there's no, there's decent men, but there's no good men. Well, okay, maybe on that account, yes. I, I do feel it's very fanciful here. But now, how did how did you do with dialogue? Because there were times where even they had to put subtitling in for us because <laughs> some of it was very deep UK British slang and things like that. Yes, I was able to keep up with most of the British dialogue as long as they weren't speaking too fast. Because like even if you're speaking American English too fast, just like whoa, and the dialogue is snappy. And clever and the slang is different so if you're not familiar with that that might make it hard plus then you have the whole Chinese gang um, and all their underlings and they speak you know their own set of English slang and then plus you know any other Chinese or I mean I feel like one of the characters was Vietnamese as you heard there in the trailer <laughs> um, so that can make it a bit of a struggle which is why I want to go back and see it again because now I'm not stressing over where are we going like I'll know where we're going to end up but then I can really appreciate the dialogue more that being said one of my favorite characters was Colin Farrell's coach he plays this interesting side character role uh, you hear him there in the trailer going his name is Fahuk but I spell with a ph so it's Fahuk I love that it still gets me every time I think it's hysterically <laughs> funny um I think he was a lot of fun. He was an interesting character because, again, he's like somebody who you get a sense that he had a dark past, but he's really trying to turn the corner and help a bunch of young men like get on the right path, essentially. And then you have Michelle Dockery, who we uh, I love from Downton Abbey. She plays Rosalind Pearson, Mickey's wife, and she's like this sort of cockney, you know, bitch who's really like wealthy well-to-do runs a car shop I mean it was like a lot of fun and but her you know the cockney accent could be a struggle if you don't know that either so taken an all women's car shop and <laughs> yes. very much holds her own as one of the gentlemen in this movie like I would not want to cross her oh no ever. I think she's probably like you know you have Mickey, who's like the king lion, and then she is definitely queen lioness, for sure. Oh, yeah, and you don't mess with her. Now, along with the dialogue, we do have to mention this is a very non-PC movie. Mm -hmm. it, the movie is crawling with racist, anti-Semitic, and homophobic remarks. So as our fellow millennials are listening, we just want to say, yes, there were times I cringed, but... It also seemed oddly apropos for the environment and the movie and how it laid out. But that is just my little forewarning that it is all over the place. Yes, uh, no bars were hold here. Well, all that being said, I think that this is definitely a film worth seeing. If you just want to escape, this is your escapist film for the January, February uh 
border here? Yeah, go in with a clear head. I wouldn't have more than one drink before heading into this movie because, well, it's hard to follow sometimes and it keeps you <laughs> on your toes. So definitely uh, hold down the drinks, uh, but go in. It's a good time. Drink afterwards like we're going to do now. Fantastic. <laughs> what do you have up, Kay? Um, well, you know, this movie shows off a lot of money and wealth, and if I had that kind of money... I'd pour myself a bottle of Glenfiddich Janet Sheed Roberts Reserve 1955. Oh. One of these bottles sold for $94,000 in 2012 in a New York auction. It remains one of the most expensive bottles of whiskey to ever be sold. And there's only 11 bottles that are known to have been made. So, sounds amazing. I'll probably never get to taste it, but man, I want to. <laughs> All right. If you get some of that, are you going to share it with me? Uh, depends on how much of a taste I get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we were definitely on the same page. This is definitely a man's bourbon movie. So I thought an old-fashioned was going to be way too easy. So I'm going with the Tender Knob, like named after Knob Creek. Mm. It is a seasonal for winter, and it has bourbon apple cider, and cinnamon. Oh, that sounds delightful. And, of course, it's recommended to use Knob Creek bourbon. Now I want one of those, too. Right? If we made one of those with my Glenfiddich. I mean, that might be sacrilegious, but... Very. (laughs) Now I'm kind of (laughs) tempted. Well, if you feel like you need a little more whiskey or popcorn or both in your life, then subscribe. We're on all major podcasting platforms, and if you like what we're doing, feel free to leave us a review. And always feed your movie addiction by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you at the next movie.